Breakfast Business with Enterprise Ireland on News Talk. First, let's have a look at the main business stories in the newspapers and websites. And what better way to do it than with Aidan Donnelly from Davies? Uh, good morning, Aidan. Joe, how are you? At the end of a wet and windy week, we will have a look at the papers. Let's start with the Irish Independent report about law firms hiking up their fees. Yeah, this is an interesting one, not only obviously because we know that, that generally prices have been increasing right across the board, but in the case of, of law firms, they've now put through a, a, a fee increase. And, and what's interesting is this survey goes back and said in, in 2020, only about 30% of, of, fee, of companies put through fee increases, and last year was 35. Now it's up to nearly 66% of uh, firms have put through fees. And what they're citing for the reason for this is obviously generally prices increasing. But what's more interesting is that there's been a significant influx of UK firms post-Brexit, UK law firms into Dublin. They're they're nicknaming it uh, London by the Liffey now. And um, Uh basically seven of the top 20 firms in in Dublin are now UK-based law firms. And obviously, there's been huge competition for um, uh, for lawyers as a result. And we're, we're, you know, particularly in Dublin, seeing fairly substantial um, uh, pay increases or, or salary increases uh, to attract the staff in. So what, the, what this report is saying is that, that there was nearly an 11% um, pay increases coming through for some, in, in some of the firms in, in Dublin. And there's been an awful lot, particularly at the higher level of, of staff, an awful lot of switching between firms, which is, is, is unusual. Yes, indeed. And so there will be quite a few people who would say that lawyers are quite well paid anyway without the influx of uh, massive competition um, from uh, UK lawyers escaping Brexit, and meaning that Ireland is, of course, the only uh, English-speaking ju- um, jurisdiction uh, which is uh, in the European Union. And it means that Ireland is hoping to get uh, their toe in the water on the major um, uh, conciliation business and mediation business that goes on between companies, uh, which can be very lucrative for the law firms. Let's move on to the Irish Examiner and Court Caden and uh, also talk about price hikes, except this time it's booze. It is booze. And this is this is going back. This is the next stage, if you will, in, in the Heineken Ireland story. Obviously, a couple of weeks ago, it was announced that Heineken were going to put through a 9% price increase on, on, on the keg uh, of all of the brands that they operate within Ireland. And there's been obviously huge backlash about this. Well, they've come out now and said that they're going to offer a 3.5% discount to hospitality uh, for the next three months on this, uh, on, on all keg deliveries. And again, I suppose it, it calls into question about that, that as many companies face, do, do you do one large price increase or do you try to do bits and pieces all the way along? You know, whether you try to, to, to boil the frog slowly, you know, mm. um, and that there has been a big backlash, obviously, in this and, and, and has probably raised, you know, a lot of concerns among the trade, given the fact that, you know, they're seeing an awful lot of other costs increase quite a bit. And you're coming into probably the time of year where they, they hope to make their year uh, through, through the festive season. Yeah, you could you could say that perhaps Heineken, which is a very successful and wealthy and profitable company, could have at least held off until after Christmas, which is what they're apparently doing now with this three and a half percent discount on keg deliveries. Um, Heineken also own Murphy Stout, of course, in Cork and Orchard Thieves Cider. Um, so we interesting to see um, whether 
that pause or that kind of money back for publicans is passed on to their consumers, i.e. you and me, Aidan. Me, more yeah. importantly. Yeah, more importantly you. <laughs> um, also with the Irish Examiner, Eamon Quinn has an interesting story um, uh, about employment levels. Yeah, the, 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 it, it, what's interesting, I suppose, and in, 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 in the oh, given the last few weeks where we've seen uh, some, some uh, of job cuts, if you actually look at the overall market, the jobs numbers uh, continue to be reasonably good. But the question is, are we going to see some sort of a, a plateau reach now in employment? The, the most recent figures from the Central Statistics Office show that there were, were 2.55 million people in employment at the end of September, which was an increase of 3.4% um on the same period last year. But what they're saying is that if, that if you look at the, no, the month of September alone, it showed the smallest uh, quarter-on-quarter increase um, at only 0.3%. So the question is, are we reaching the point where, where maximum employment is coming through? And I think the big worry certainly highlighted in the article is that it's not necessarily about you know, the large multinationals, but it's actually the small firms um, that are exposed to kind of squeezed households um, and also maybe some of the hospitality that, you know, haven't gotten back fully on their feet uh, after COVID. Is is, is there going to be a a period now where obviously, um, you know, with with, with higher wage costs and things like that, is is this going to be the the straw that breaks the camel's back for a lot of uh, small companies? We haven't spoken to you for a week, Aidan. Um, the Federal Reserve minutes were out on Wednesday night. Yeah, it was it was a strange time, given the fact that yesterday was Thanksgiving. I think an awful lot of people would have uh, hoped to hit the road early on on, on Wednesday. But you know, the, the funny thing about the, the Fed minutes that came out, there was a bit of a bit of uh, joy for everybody, be it whether you were a hawk or you were a, a dove. I think the important thing here is that, um, you know, the the, the Federal Reserve has recognised that the increases in interest rates that they've done this year have been very large and and very fast. And what they're going to do now is uh, slow down the the bite sizes, if you will. So it pretty much means that we're likely to see a rather than a three quarter percent interest rate rise at the December meeting in, in two weeks time. We're more likely to see maybe a half percent. But I think for the, for the for the hawks out there, there, there was something to to cheer about too, because they've also intimated that actually the 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 final step on this journey of higher interest rates is actually likely to be higher than they may have imagined even three months ago because inflation has remained stubbornly high. So what they're saying is we're going to slow down the rate of increases, but the final destination might actually be higher than than we we anticipated. At the end of September, Aidan, uh, you needed 95 US cents to buy a euro. Now you need a dollar and four to buy a euro. That's a substantial appreciation for the single currency. It certainly is. But if you put it in the context, when you, if you were here in, in this time last year, you needed a, a, a dollar and 14. So yeah. it's been a huge roller coaster ride for, for the dollar. And this year there's been massive dollar strength. And it's had obviously benefits and, 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 and problems on the problem side of it. It's caused an awful lot of U.S. companies an issue because the strong dollar impacts their exports. But, you know, as a, as a, as a euro-based investor, any, any U.S. assets that you have have seen an appreciation based in, in, on, on the currency and has definitely dampened down, you know, some of the, the negative impacts of, of, the, of the stock market fall that we've seen this year. 
But really, the, the, the big story behind this was, that, you know, that there's been a, what we call a long dollar position. So everybody owned dollars against, you know, if you, looked at the, if you looked at the the major commitments of traders, everybody owned dollars, whether it was against the euro, against sterling, against the Swiss franc, the Japanese yen, the Aussie dollar, everything. And we're starting to see a bit of that unwind. And, and what was interesting in the last two weeks is once that level, parity level broke and yeah, at, at kind of 0.9999, if you will, it went immediately to, to kind of 102, 103 as a, as a lot of stop, what I call stop losses were triggered. So people have kind of said, OK, I'm going to keep on you know holding my position. But if it hits here, I'm going I'm going to sell out. And, they- and so you get this kind of explosive move through it and. Chances are we'll probably see those positions continue to unwind and we might see, you know, the euro strengthen again a and little the, bit into the end of the year. And of course, the dollar dollar strength has, has, has been bad for a lot of Irish companies as well. Thanks, Aidan. That's Aidan Donnelly from Davies. Back. Breakfast Business with Enterprise Ireland on Newstalk.